chapter 14, verse 1. We're going to be in several places today, uh, and I'm going to put up the places that we're going to be at. That way you can be prepared to go there. Uh, we may not make it all the way through every single one of them, but I will speak uh, about them all. Uh, but we may not be able to read uh, all of it. But I did want to show you, because this is a topical message, uh, that means we will have to flip to the Bible to see what uh, God's Word says about this. Uh, but the topical message this morning is five fools of the Bible. Five fools of the Bible. What is a fool? Well, the dictionary says that a fool is one who is deficient in judgment. One who is deficient in sense or understanding. Or one who acts unwisely on a given occasion. And so when you think about that, how many of you here today believe you've ever known anyone who is deficient in some sense? <laughs> and don't look around at some people pointing at each other, yeah. <laughs> I saw some of them wives looking at their husbands doing some of that yeah some people who was deficient in some sense or some judgment but we all know some folks like that uh, but I did find a quote that one man said he said we didn't have to look too far to find somebody like that he said this he said there comes a moment in everybody's life when he must decide whether he'll live among the human beings or not a fool among fools or a fool alone and so what that means is is in a sense <laughs> sometimes we all just do foolish things ain't that right Sometimes we just all do uh, we just all do foolish things. Sometimes we act uh, or and uh, and act like we are deficient in our sense or in our judgment uh, or something like that. But in other words, what he was saying is we're just fools living among fools. Sometimes we all do foolish things. Um, but what does the Bible say a fool is? What is the characteristics of a fool? When we think about a fool, what does the Bible say a fool? You know, the Bible speaks a lot uh, about doing foolish things. Uh, the word fool or foolish is in the Bible quite a number of times. And so as I began to study this, I began to define uh, what the Bible says, what it, the Bible characteristics of a fool and what a fool is. And I'm going to list you the five fools of the Bible this morning. The Bible describes a fool and what he is like, as I said, many passages of Scripture. The Bible says in Proverbs 18 too, uh, that the fool has no delight in understanding. He has no delight in understanding. Psalm 74, 18 says that the foolish people blaspheme the name of God. The fool blasphemes the name of God. Proverbs 1.7 says that fools despise wisdom and instruction. They despise wisdom and instruction. Proverbs 10.23 says it is as sport to a fool to do mischief. So the foolish like to be mischievous and, 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 and cause mischief and those kinds of things and they enjoy that and that's what they, uh, uh, they, they laugh at these, uh, they laugh at sin in essence. Proverbs 17:25 says that the foolish bring grief and bitterness. The foolish bring grief and bitterness. You know, sometimes we act, we act like we ain't got no sense and we act like we're lacking some judgment. Sometimes we bring some grief and bitterness to ourselves and sometimes we bring it to everybody else as well. Uh, but these are just a few characteristics of what the Bible says a foolish man is and the characteristics of a foolish man. Well, I want to share with you this morning the five fools of the Bible. You know, and if anytime you look around and you're trying to find somebody who's lacking some sense and judgment, you can probably look around hard enough you'll find somebody. Uh, but I found, five, I found five this morning. I want to share them with you. The, the first fool is the atheist. The first fool is the atheist. Let's look at Psalm chapter 14, verse 1. The Bible says, The fool hath said in his heart... There is no God. Now, you can't get mad at the pastor for saying that because the pastor didn't say that. God said that. And the Bible says that God considers a foolish man to be a man that believes that there is no God. He said the fool has said in his heart 
There is no God. But look what, he, look what else he had to say. He says, they are corrupt. They are corrupt. So an atheist man or a man that believes that there is no God, the Bible says that that man has been corrupted. He is a corrupt person. He says, they have done abominable works. There is none that doeth good. And so he says, the foolish man has said in his heart, there is no God. You know, the word atheist is actually two words put together. Two words put together. Or if you got a pen handy, you can write this down. Just spell the word atheist out. A. Just spell, you can just spell the word atheist out. A-T-H-E-I-S-T. A-T-H-E-I-S-T. It's actually two words put together. Now, some of you may know this and, might, may know this, and some of you may not, uh, but when you see the word, the word theist there means God. That's what the word theist means. It means God. But anytime you put the letter A in front of any, anything, the letter A means no. The letter A means no. And so anytime you put the letter A in front of something, that means no. So that's why they call it an atheist, because they believe that there is no God. There is no God. Think of the word amusement. Think of the word amusement part. Well, when you amuse on something, what do, what do you do? You think about it, right? You think about something. Well, we call an amusement park an amusement park because when we go there, we don't want to think. It's a place of no thinking. That's, why, that's, why, that's where this comes from. And so just to give you a general understanding of, of what these things are, the atheist says there is no God. So how can a man look? How can a man look at the mountains? How can he look at all the things that God has created? How can he look at the trees and, and all the animals and, and all the fish in the sea and all the things that crawl therein and, and all the insects and all the things that we have? And how can a man look at all these things and say there is no God? The Bible says you are a foolish man uh, to believe that. You are a foolish man to think that. You are a foolish man to, to say that. The fool has said in his heart there is no God. God also went on to say in Romans chapter 1 verse 20, He said, For the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. In other words, He said, The, the invisible the things of, from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made. And so He says that His eternal power and Godhead, all these things, all the things that He has made, leads, gives a man, shows a man that they are without an excuse in believing in Him. All these things. that You can just look at creation and see that I'm God. But it says not, not just the things that I've created that you can see, but also the things that I've created that you cannot see. What are you talking about? You mean I'm supposed to believe in the things that I cannot see? Well, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. You, we believe in the angels, but you don't see them, do you? No, but he says all the things that I've created, whether the things that are invisible, whether the things that are visible, no matter what it is, I've created these things. And so the Bible says that as you look around and you see all this, you are without excuse when you stand before me on that great day. You'll be, you will be without an excuse as you stand before God. The Bible tells us, interestingly, I, I thought it was interesting, Colossians chapter 1, uh, verse uh, uh, 16 and 17, the Bible says, By Him were all things created. By Him were all things created that are in heaven and the earth, visible and invisible. Visible and invisible. And the Bible goes on to say that by Him all things consist. That by Him all things consist. You know what the word consist means? The word consist there means that all things are in place. All things are set in place. All things are in place. All things are set in place. All things stand in place by God. When he says, by him all things consist, that's what he was saying. He said, everything that there is, it is in place. It is set in place. It is standing in place uh, because of him. Because by him all things consist. How many of you this morning have ever heard of this cell that I'm fixing to say? It's called lamamine. I believe I'm saying it right. Lamanine. Something like that. Anybody ever heard of that? Interestingly, this is what the cell looks like. This is what the cell looks like. This cell, what it is, is this cell is 
the glue in your body that literally holds you together. It holds you together. It, it is the glue that holds, that clings from this cell to this cell in between the cells. If this cell wasn't there, you know what would happen to you? You'd fall like glue on the ground. You'd just, you'd just spill out. This cell right here holds us together. And interestingly, when you look at this, it's shaped in the, in the shape of a cross. And when I got to looking at that, I thought, you know what's amazing about that is that God, the Lord Jesus Christ, is the glue that holds everything together. And without Him, by Him, all things consist. By Him, all things consist. And without Him, uh, our bodies would literally fall apart. Everything would literally just split, you know, and, and go in every direction. So by Him, all things consist. If it wasn't for Him, there would be nothing else. And so the Bible says that a fool has said in his heart, there is no God. All the way down to the cellular level, God uh, shows Himself. Things visible and things invisible. All the way down to the things that you cannot even see. All the way down to the very cells in your body and the cells and everything else. He shows Himself and He shows His power. He shows His glory. He shows all these things about Himself. You know, I think whenever, you know, we have a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of times you're intellectuals, you have the hardest time with some of those folks uh, who are scientists and these kinds of things that have been taught evolution uh, all throughout their high school and all throughout their, their college careers. And sometimes it's harder to reach these folks uh, because, of, because, of their, 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 because of their intellect. But, you know, it's amazing to me that even God down at this very small level right here, how he tries to appeal and make his claim uh, to his power and his Godhead and his authority all the way down to the things that are invisible that nobody else sees that these folks probably study on an everyday basis. And so, you know, that's, that's, it's amazing. Uh, these things that God does and the, the lengths that he goes to make himself known. Yes, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Lots of folks, uh, and let's look at the, uh, the second thing is, the Bible says the second fool is the arrogant. Uh, the first fool, uh, the first fool is the atheist, the second fool is the arrogant. Let's look at Proverbs chapter 14, verse 9. Proverbs chapter 14, uh, verse 9. Proverbs 14, verse 9. And the Bible says, Fools make a mock at sin, but among the righteous there is favor. And so the Bible says that the second fool is the arrogant man. He says, Fools mock at sin. What does it mean when you mock at something? Well, that means you make fun of. That means you scorn or you speak arrogantly about. You're making fun of these things. And the Bible says, you want to know who the second fool is? The first fool isn't just the atheist, but the second fool is the man that mocks at sin or makes, a, makes fun of sin or, or uh, speaks arrogantly about sin. You know, lots of folks... Uh, mock at sin every day. You know, we mock at sin every day sometimes. You know, make fun of sin, uh, speak arrogantly, arrogantly about sin. You know, and, and, and sometimes, you know, even us as Christians, but the world could care less about sin. And the world mocks at sin. And the things that God has said, thou shalt not do. And, and all these things, you know, from the Ten Commandments on, everything else that He has given uh, and His instruction, uh, the Bible says that fools mock at sin. So people stand there and they look at what God considers sin and they look at that and they laugh about it and they scorn it and then make fun of it and that's what this world does and the Bible says look if that's what you do and that's how you're living your life then you are a fool 
then you're a fool. Then you're being foolish for doing that, for mocking that sin, for being somebody like that who would mock at sin, for mocking and making fun of the things that I have said that we shouldn't do or things that, we, that I have said are wrong. He said, a foolish man is the person that will do that. A foolish man's a person that will do that. And a lot of people, you know, we just have the idea and we'll see it now and repent later. You know, and that's a lot of, a lot of people's views. But he says that the, the, the arrogant man, the foolish man, is a man that mocks that sin. You know, I found it interesting that the Corinthians, uh, in 1 Corinthians 6, in 1 Corinthians 6, 13, 6, 13 they, had a, um, they had a saying that they would say, and it was called, meats for the belly and the belly for the meats. And you say, what in the world does that mean? Well, what that means is, is what... What, see, they didn't believe. They didn't believe that. They believe you can do anything more, uh, 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 that your morality didn't affect your spirituality. That's what they believe. Your your morality had no effect whatsoever on your spirituality. And so the, the uh, meats for the belly and belly for the meats is what it was in essence. Is feed the body what it wants, give your body what it wants, and just uh, and and, it'll, and everything will be okay. It was just satisfy yourself and don't worry about anything. You know, just feed your body and feed yourself anything you want, and everything else will be fine because your your morality has no effect on your spirituality whatsoever and that was their belief and that was their understanding on this but the Bible says that's a foolish way that's a fool's man that's a foolish man's way and see says not to do things like that uh, because the fool mocks at sin the fool mocks at sin the Bible went on to say in Titus 3 3 he said this he said that how we lived our lives before before we were saved he says we for we ourselves were also sometimes foolish disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy and hateful and hurting and harming one another. And the Bible says that those are things that describe a foolish man. Those are things that describe a foolish man's ways. And so it says, look, living this way and having this kind of attitude and, being, and having this way of living is a foolish way of living. When we're willfully ignorant about our sin, we must understand that the Bible also has some things to say. Uh, whenever we willfully uh, uh, choose to live in this kind of way and willfully choose to have this kind of behavior, God said this in Proverbs 26.3. This would be something good for all of us to write down anytime we have a, we feel a notion to start acting these, in this kind of way. Proverbs 26.3, the Bible says, A whip for the horse, a bridle for the ass, and a rod for the fool's back. And a rod for the fool's back. And so in other words, he's saying you act foolish and you'll be judged. You act foolish and you'll be punished. Uh, Proverbs 26 uh, verse 3. And so these are things we have to think about, you know, uh, uh, as we partake and do these things. The third fool this morning is the accumulator. The accumulator. First we had the atheist, then we have the arrogant, and the third thing, the third fool we're going to see this morning is the accumulator. Look at Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12. And we'll look at verses 13 to 21. Look what the Bible says about this man. Luke chapter 12, verses 13 to 21. The Bible says, And one of the company said unto him, Master, speak to my brother that he divide the inheritance with me. And he said unto him, Man, who made me a judge or a divider over you? And he said unto them, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for a man's life consists not in the abundance of the things which he possesses. And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain man... Uh, a certain rich man brought forth plentiful. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns, and I will build greater. And there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And he said, I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat and drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, Thou fool! 
This night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose things shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasures for himself and is not rich towards God. And so the third fool we see is the, the accumulator. All of us in life, we like to have things. You know, all of us to a degree are materialistic in, in a certain way. You know, we like to have things. And there's not a problem with that until our possessions possess us. There's not a problem with having things. Nothing wrong with that. But when our possessions take when our possessions possess us, it takes it to a different level. It goes that's goes that goes to the extreme. And when our things, the things that we own begin to own us, what we do is we open up the altar of idolatry. We open up the altar of idolatry and we put the things that we have in our materialistic possessions before God. And when that happens is, when we do that is we open up, as I said, the altar of idolatry and we put their th- the things of this world and the things that we care about and the riches of, of this world before we put God. And when we do that, we become an idolater. And the Bible says that if you're living this kind of way and you're doing these things, you are doing something Foolish, you're a foolish man or a foolish woman for doing that. And when we open up the altar of idolatry, what always comes in after that? When we think about the those that worship false gods in the Old Testament, what are some things that always accompanied those things? Moral decay. Moral decay. Anytime, uh, anytime a person goes in, uh, uh, anytime a person goes into idolatry, what what tends to follow that is moral decay. Because see, you can't stay away from God for so long before your morals and your beliefs and your practices start going corrupt. And so, anytime we put our, we, we we get ourselves into idolatry and we start putting all these things before God, what we do is we lead ourselves into a moral decay, and we slowly and slowly, uh, slowly and slowly rot spiritually speaking uh, because we've gotten away from God. And so, we need to make sure that we are not like this man. The Bible calls him a a foolish man because he put all these things before heaven. He put all these things before God uh, and, and went into idolatry with that. No, but I'll tell you what, many folks will risk their wives, they'll risk their children, they'll have everything they got just to have a little bit more. You know that? You know the people just just so they can have a little bit more, just so they can be maybe above the next person, just so they can uh, have a little bit more in this family, or a little bit more in this man, or a little bit more in that woman, or whatever, just so they can be maybe a little bit more upstanding in this society, they'll risk everything they got. They'll risk their children, they'll risk their wives, they'll risk their husbands, they'll risk, they'll risk everything they got just so they can lift themselves up above everybody else. And when you finally get there, you know what happens? They finally get there and they figure out it ain't nothing like they wanted. It ain't nothing like they, they wished that it was. You know, Nothing like they, they dreamed and hoped for. And yet they done destroyed everything else just to get there. They burned all the bridges just to get to that point. And so look, the Bible says, look, don't do that. This is a foolish thing to do these kinds of things. And he went on to say in verse 16, he, say, he showed us here that the ground brought this man's wealth. Well, evidently this man had been really blessed. He had been greatly blessed. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says that his wealth had came from the ground, that it provided plentiful for him. You know, and so he was really blessed by that. You know, there's a saying that money changes people. You know that? There's a saying that money changes people. You believe that? That's exactly right. Money does change people. Money has an effect on people. Uh, it does, and it and affects some more than others. Some just a little, some maybe not hardly at all. But to some people, it affects to a, a great deal. Why? Because I believe a lot of it rests in just the love of money. Because ain't that what the Bible says? That the root of all evil is the love of money. Is the love of money. So if you're the kind of person that you can you can give ritually and it doesn't and it doesn't bother you, then you're you're in pretty good standing. But I tell you what, if you're the kind of person that uh, that really likes to hoard money, because there's a difference in hoarding and saving. You believe that? It's exactly right. 
There's a difference between hoarding and saving. Oftentimes we hoard so much money, what it becomes, it becomes our golden calf. It becomes our, and what we do is, is we, as we uh, go into, we put our money before God and that, and that money or whatever that is becomes our idol. And so we rely on that and these things that we've stored up in our barns to take care of us instead of allowing God to take care of us. And so we got to make sure that we don't let our, the things that we have, whatever money we have, whatever possessions we have, we got to make sure that we don't let those things become our golden calves, become our idols, because that'll lead us into idolatry. And then once we get into idolatry, moral decay soon follows after that. And so the Bible says, look, make sure you don't do these things. But see, this, this man's wealth came from the ground. You know, whose ground is that? Whose ground is that? You know, I often heard a man say, I heard somebody say this, maybe you've heard it before. The atheist looked at God and he said, God, we don't need you more. We can create man out of dirt now. And he said, really? He said, yeah, sure. He said, all right, well, show me. So he reached down and picked up dirt and he said, no, get you on dirt. <laughs> no, get you on dirt. You said you can do all this. Well, get you on dirt. You, 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 you know, you, I'll tell you what, we can make a lot of advancements in society. And, we can, and science is a great thing. But I tell you what, when we go to the extremes and we start showing, hey, we don't need God no more, uh, we, we are sadly mistaken. We're sadly mistaken. And so God says, look, don't, don't do this. But see, this man's wealth came from the ground. It all belonged to God. And God gave it to him. And God provided that to him for whatever reason. The Bible says that he is the maker of the rich and the poor. And so he is the one that gave it to them. So we don't need to forget where it is that it all came from. Don't forget where it came from. Because if you do, as, as Job said, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. And he'll take it away just as fast as he gave it to you. So you better remember where it is that God gave it to you. That God gave it. The Bible says he got it from the ground. Got out of the ground. Uh, one thing this rich man forgot, as I said, is where, this, uh, is where his wealth came from. Then look at verses 17 and 18. As we examine verses 17 and 18, actually you can probably go on down to verse 21, but I want you to notice some things as we look at this. Look, because see, a lot of times see, when, when we get in this way, when we, when, when we, when we, put, when we get into idolatry and we, and we start thinking about our, uh, and we put our money and our wealth and our, and our material things before God, this is what happens. You become a person that thinks nothing but about you. You become a person that thinks nothing about you. And so one safe way to know that, you're not, that you haven't gone in that way in, in the form of adultery is it's not all about you. It's not all about you. But sometimes people get so far out there that their wealth and everything they have, it's all about them. As I said, they'll sacrifice everything they got just so they can have just a little bit more. I mean, what did this man do? He had barns, didn't he? Yeah, he had barns. He had stuff all in there. But you know what he did? He looked around and he said, you know, what am I going to do with all this? He said, I ain't got nowhere to put it. So I'm going to tear those old barns down. So I'm going to build some new ones. Yeah, I'm going to build some new ones. So I'm going to build new barns, big barns, to, put, to hoard all my stuff in. And he tore down everything else. And that's exactly what happens. A lot of times we tear down everything else just so we can have just a little bit more. Tear everything else down. There's no good and, no, and there's no, nothing wrong with it. No problem with it. Just so we can have somewhere else to hoard everything else that we want and everything else that we got. But I want you to know something, verse 17 and 18. Look at this. I'm getting a little excited. Verse 17 and 18. Hey, look at this. He says, now, now look, I want you to see how self-centered this man was. As we go on down through the Bible, look, verse 17. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? What shall I do? Behold, I have no room to bestow my fruits. And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul. Then we go down to verse 20. He says, But, but God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thou shalt be required of thee. 
And I believe that's it. But So what I want you to see is you see all the I's and the me's and the mine's and, the, and all that kind of thing. This man was a man that was all about him. He was all about him. Nobody else mattered. It was all about me. All about me. And so he was living uh, an idolatrous life. Man, put things before God. And then he goes on down to verse 21 and he just sums it all up. And he says, so, in verse 20 he actually says, what's happened is you've built all this, you've hoarded up all this mess and then what's going to happen? You know what? You're going to die. You're going to die. He said, you're a fool for doing that. You've hoarded all this and, and now you've got all this and, and, when, and the day that you die, who's all this, what's all, where's all this going to go? Where's it going to belong to? You know what's going to happen? And that's the sad thing. You've probably heard me say it before, but this is what happens. You know, and, and I'm not trying to be morbid, but I'm just saying, look, we save up for years, we get this, we get this, and you know what happens when you die? When you die, they have an auction and they sell your stuff to the highest bidder and it's gone. And it's gone. And that's just what happens. That's the way it is. And so the God says, look, don't live this way. Man, don't, have, don't be so full of stuff. You know, it's, it's, it's good to save. That's a biblical principle to save. But man, don't be, don't be a fool and hoard everything you got because all this, who's it going to belong to? Where's it going to go? What cause are you helping? What, what, what good are you really doing having these big barns full of all this, all this stuff if you're not doing anything with it? And so don't let your wealth and your materialism and, and, your, and all these things become an idol for you because it'll lead you into moral decay. And what this man was doing is he, was, he, was, he had all this wealth. The man, he thought he was something. I'll tell you, he was, he was rich on earth, but he was poor in heaven. Rich on earth, but poor in heaven. That's what he said uh, in verse 21. That's what he said in verse 21. He said, look, so is he that layeth up treasures for himself and is not rich toward God. And so he's saying, look, it's a foolish thing to be rich on earth and poor in heaven. That's a foolish thing. He says, so don't live that way. Don't do those kinds of things. Man, just uh, keep your eyes straight. You know, have, Keep your focus, man. Uh, uh, and, and don't do those kinds of things. And don't be foolish. Don't be a fool like this man was. And oftentimes... Uh, you know, folks that are that are caught up in this, you know, that as I said, they can never really have enough. Never, this man could never really have enough. Uh, you know, the Bible says Ecclesiastes five verse ten eleven. He said, "He that loveth silver shall not be satisfied with silver. He that loves it will never be satisfied with it." In other words, you got money, but the money, or you got materialism, or you got all these things, but it's never enough. You always have to continually go out and get more and get more and get more because the soul, because the soul that loveth silver is never satisfied, never satisfied. Now let's look at the fourth fool. The fourth fool, the Bible says, is going to be anybody. The fourth fool is going to be anybody. And so what we see here is that we have the, we have the atheist, we have the arrogant, we have the accumulator, and now the fourth fool is going to be anybody. Anybody. And you say, well, what is that? Well, let's look at Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 to 26. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 to 26. The Bible says, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will make them to him like a wise man, which built us house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these things of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And so the fourth fool is anybody that isn't willing to do what verse 26 says. That is, is, is anybody that isn't willing to do what verse 26 says. And what does verse 26 say? What is the plea from God in, in verse 26? 
The plea from him is he's saying, look, if you, if you don't, if you hear these sayings of mine and you don't do them, you'll be like a foolish man. You'll be like a foolish man. It kind of goes along with the Bible says, don't just be a, a hearer of the word, but be a doer of the word. Don't just be hearers only, but be a doer of the word. You know what? What good would it tell me? What what good would it would it would it do to profit us if let's say uh, let's say you're at work and your boss man told you to go do something, and uh, and after he got done telling you to do something, you just stood there. You know what good what, what good would it have done him to tell you to go do something and get that done if you ain't gonna do nothing about it? You see what I'm saying? And that, and that works in every in, in every aspect of our life. What good does it do if we read the Bible and see what God says, but yet we don't apply it? And so he's just saying, look, a foolish man is a man that when he lives his life, man, he hears what I'm saying, he hears the word, he reads the Bible, or, or he, he, he understands it, he knows what's going on, but the foolish man lives his life when he, he hears all this, he understands all this, but yet he goes out and he doesn't live his life according to what I've said. And he said, you know what happens? He said, you're going to do that and you're going to be like that foolish man that built his house on the sand. Built his house on the sand. You know what the sand stood for? The sand stood for the... The philosophy and the doctrines and the, and the beliefs and the practices of this world. He said, you build your life out of the doctrine and the beliefs and the practices and the philosophy of this world and it'll be like you're building your house on the sand that'll shift and when the rains come, it'll fall down. He said, that's, what you, that's what's going to happen to you and he said, that's what's going to happen to your life. He said, so don't be like that foolish man that does that. He said, man, take what I'm saying. Take the Word of God. Look at it. Read it. Uh, meditate on it. Man, get in the Word of God about it. And he said, then apply that, what you've learned to your life. He said, whenever you do that, he said, you'll be the kind of person you built your house upon a rock and when all these things come into your life your house didn't fall down your house didn't fall down and so does that make sense does that make sense and so yeah and so the bible says look don't be a foolish man like that don't just hear what i'm saying and not do it don't just hear these things uh, and not do what i'm saying and, and you know and i know that sometimes all of us we're the, we're the, we're the part of the anybody we're the part of the anybody. You know, we, we understand what God says. We heard what God says. But yet, because of our own desires, our own will, we, we, we reject it and we kind of walk away from it. And a lot of times what ends up happening is, is our life falls apart or our house comes falling down or something, you know, all these kinds of things because we didn't uh, apply what his, his word to our life. And so God's just saying, look, don't have this kind of life. Don't live this kind of way because it's a foolish thing to do. It's a foolish thing to do. Uh, we might get through this after all. All right, now let's look at Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25. The fifth fool, and we'll close with this, the fifth fool is the abandoned. The abandoned. In Matthew chapter 25, verses 1 to 10, what we see here is the Lord Jesus given a parable of the ten virgins. He's given a parable of the ten virgins. And what this whole parable is speaking about is it's speaking about the return of the Lord. It's speaking about the return of the Lord for His people. And as we look down through here, I believe we've got a little bit of time. Let's just go at verses 1 to 10. The Bible says, as He's talking about this, as likening them, as, as, as I said, and speaking of His return, He says, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise, and five were foolish." And they that were foolish took their lamps and they didn't take no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. And while the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go you out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. And they that were ready went in with him to the marriage. 
and the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for you know not what... For you know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. And so the fifth fool is the abandoned. The fifth fool is the abandoned. So what's God saying here? Well, God's saying here it's a foolish thing for you to be hearing what I'm saying and understanding the Word of God and knowing, knowing what I've done and hearing the Bible being preached. It's a foolish thing to not be ready whenever I come. It's a foolish thing not to have the Lord Jesus in your heart whenever I come. Because when the rapture takes place, it'll be too late. If you've had a full presentation of the gospel and you've understood the gospel and you know what it is that God is that God that the Lord Jesus has done for you and you willingly walk and turn away from that, the Bible says that's a foolish thing. And what's going to happen is that you will be left behind. You will be left behind and whenever you decide and whenever you look up and you say, uh, Lord, Lord, He's going to say, I don't know you. I don't know you. Who, who are you? What is that? It's a foolish thing to be left behind. And so the fifth fool is the abandoned. The fifth fool is the abandoned. Five were ready and five were not. And so God is saying, look, don't be a fool. Be ready whenever I come. Don't be a fool and be ready whenever I come. The Bible says that these ten virgins, they all had a lamp. And five took oil in their lamps and five didn't. Well, the Bible uses oil as a symbol of the Holy Spirit. Uh, uses oil as a symbol of the Holy Spirit. Uses water as a symbol of the Holy Spirit. Uses wind as a symbol of the Holy Spirit. Five of them were ready. Five of them were not. And the Bible says they all slept at midnight, and at midnight uh, the call came, and they said, go out and meet them. Mm. And so my plea to you is, as we've looked at these five fools, I really want you to look at this last one. I'm not saying that it's any more, I guess, maybe important than the others, but... But I will tell you this. You don't want to be left here. You don't want to be left here. When the Lord Jesus comes back and the rapture takes place, you don't want to be the one that's sitting in that pew this morning when everybody else is gone. You don't want to be the one sitting at your house and you go to call your mom or you go to call your dad or your, or your husband and wife or your brother and sister or your kids or whoever. Find out that they're gone, and you're not, and you're the only one that's left. How sad and miserable that's going to be for you. God said to be abandoned and left here is a foolish thing, because He has made every way possible, from the visible to the invisible, for you to see and know Him personally. And so, whatever you do this morning, don't allow yourself to be left here. Don't allow yourself to be abandoned. Don't allow yourself to be left here this morning. Because the Bible says that is a foolish thing. A foolish thing. God loves you. And He sent the Lord Jesus to die for you. And if you don't believe that, if you don't believe that, the Bible says you're a fool for not. So I encourage you today, I encourage you today as we close service to think about the Lord Jesus Christ. Think about the things that He said this morning. Think about the foolish ways of living. Think about the, the things that He says what a fool is and how living a foolish life is described. 
I can get every head bowed and every eye closed. Chapter 14, verse 1. We're going to be in several places today, uh, and I'm going to put up the places that we're going to be at. That way you can be prepared to go there. Uh, we may not make it all the way through every single one of them, but I will speak uh, about them all. Uh, but we may not be able to read uh, all of it. But I did want to show you, because this is a topical message, uh, that means we will have to flip to the Bible to see what uh, God's Word says about this. Uh, but the topical message this morning is five fools of the Bible. Five fools of the Bible. What is a fool? Well, the dictionary says that a fool is one who is deficient in judgment. One who is deficient in sense or understanding. Or one who acts unwisely on a given occasion. And so when you think about that, how many of you here today believe you've ever known anyone who is deficient in some sense? <laughs> and don't look around at some people pointing at each other, yeah. <laughs> I saw, I saw some new wives looking at their husbands doing some of that. Yeah, some people who was deficient in some sense or some judgment, but we all know some folks like that. Uh, but I did find a quote that one man said. He said, we didn't have to look too far to find somebody like that. He said this. He said, there comes a moment in everybody's life when he must decide whether he'll live among the human beings or not, a fool among fools or a fool alone. And so what that means is, is in a sense, <laughs> sometimes we all just do foolish things. Ain't that right? Sometimes we just all do uh, we just all do foolish things. Sometimes we act uh, or uh, and, and act like we are deficient in our sense or in our judgment uh, or something like that. But in other words, what he was saying is we're just fools living among fools. Sometimes we all do foolish things. Um, but what does the Bible say a fool is? What is the characteristics of a fool? When we think about a fool, what does the Bible say a fool? You know, the Bible speaks a lot uh, about doing foolish things. Uh, the word fool or foolish is in the Bible quite a number of times. And so as I began to study this, I began to define uh, what the Bible says, what it, the Bible characteristics of a fool and what a fool is. And I'm going to list you the five fools of the Bible this morning. The Bible describes a fool and what he is like, as I said, many passages of Scripture. The Bible says in Proverbs 18 too, uh, that the fool has no delight in understanding. He has no delight in understanding. Psalm 74, 18 says that the foolish people blaspheme the name of God. The fool blasphemes the name of God. Now, Proverbs 1.7 says that fools despise wisdom and instruction. They despise wisdom and instruction. Proverbs 10.23 says it is as sport to a fool to do mischief. So the foolish like to be mischievous and, 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 and cause mischief and those kinds of things and they enjoy that and that's what they, uh, uh, they, they laugh at these, uh, they laugh at sin in essence. Proverbs 17.25 says that the foolish bring grief and bitterness. The foolish bring grief and bitterness. You know, sometimes we, ain't act, we act like we ain't got no sense and we act like we're lacking some judgment. Sometimes we bring some grief and bitterness to ourselves and sometimes we bring it to everybody else as well. 
but these are just a few characteristics of what the Bible says a foolish man is and the characteristics of a foolish man. Well, I want to share with you this morning the five fools of the Bible. You know, and if anytime you look around and you're trying to find somebody who's lacking some sense and judgment, you can probably look around hard enough, you'll find somebody. Uh, but I found five, I found five this morning. I want to share them with you. The, the first fool is the atheist. The first fool is the atheist. Let's look at Psalm chapter 14, verse 1. The Bible says, The fool hath said in his heart, There is no God. Now, you can't get mad at the pastor for saying that because the pastor didn't say that. God said that. And the Bible says that God considers a foolish man to be a man that believes that there is no God. He said, The fool hath said in his heart, There is no God. But look what, he, look what else he had to say. He says, They are corrupt. They are corrupt. So an atheist man or a man that believes that there is no God, the Bible says that that man has been corrupted. He is a corrupt person. He says, they have done abominable works. There is none that doeth good. And so he says, the foolish man has said in his heart, there is no God. You know, the word atheist is actually two words put together. Two words put together. Or if you've got a pen handy, you can write this down. Just spell the word atheist out. A. Just spell, you can just spell the word atheist out. A-T-H-E-I-S-T. A-T-H-E-I-S-T. That's actually two words put together. Now, some of you may know this, and may know this, and some of you may not, uh, but when you see the word, the word theist there means God. That's what the word theist means. It means God. But anytime you put the letter A in front of any, anything, the letter A means no. The letter A means no. And so anytime you put the letter A in front of something, that means no. So that's why they call it an atheist, because they believe that there is no God. There is no God. Think of the word amusement. Think of the word amusement part. Well, when you amuse on something, what do you do? You think about it, right? You think about something. Well, we call an amusement park an amusement park because when we go there, we don't want to think. It's a place of no thinking. That's, why, that's, why, that's where this comes from. And so just to give you a general understanding of, of what these things are, the atheist says there is no God. So how can a man look? How can a man look at the mountains? How can he look at all the things that God has created? How can he look at the trees and, and all the animals and, and all the fish in the sea and all the things that crawl therein and, and all the insects and all the things that we have? And how can a man look at all these things and say there is no God? The Bible says you are a foolish man uh, to believe that. You are a foolish man to think that. You are a foolish man to, to say that. The fool has said in his heart there is no God. God also went on to say in Romans chapter 1, verse 20, He said, For the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. In other words, He said, The, the invisible things of, from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made. And so He says that His eternal power and Godhead, all these things, all the things that He has made, leads, gives a man, shows a man that they are without an excuse in believing in Him. All these things. that You can just look at creation and see that I'm God. But it says not, not just the things that I've created that you can see, but also the things that I've created that you cannot see. What are you talking about? You mean I'm supposed to believe in the things that I cannot see? Well, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. You, we believe in the angels, but you don't see them, do you? No, but he says all the things that I've created, whether the things that are invisible, whether the things that are visible, no matter what it is, I've created these things. And so the Bible says that as you look around and you see all this, you are without excuse when you stand before me on that great day. You'll be, you will be without an excuse as you stand before God. The Bible tells us, interestingly, I, I thought it was interesting, Colossians chapter 1, uh, verse uh, uh, 16 and 17, the Bible says, By Him were all things created. By Him were all things created that are in heaven and the earth, visible and invisible. Visible and invisible. And the Bible goes on to say that by Him all things consist. 
that by Him all things consist. You know the word consist means? The word consist there means that all things are in place. All things are set in place. All things are in place. All things are set in place. All things stand in place by God. When he says, by Him all things consist, that's what he was saying. He said, everything that there is, it is in place. It is set in place. It is standing in place uh, because of Him. Because by Him all things consist. How many of you this morning have ever heard of this cell that I'm fixing to say? It's called lamamine. I believe I'm saying it right. Lamanine. Something like that. Anybody ever heard of that? Interestingly, this is what the cell looks like. This is what the cell looks like. This cell, what it is, is this cell is the glue in your body that literally holds you together. It holds you together. It, it is the glue that holds, that clings from this cell to this cell in between the cells. If this cell wasn't there, you know what would happen to you? You'd fall like glue on the ground. You'd just, you'd just spill out. This cell right here holds us together. And interestingly, when you look at this, it's shaped in the, in the shape of a cross. And when I got to looking at that, I thought, you know what's amazing about that is that God, the Lord Jesus Christ, is the glue that holds everything together. And without Him, by Him all things consist. By Him all things consist. And without Him, uh, our bodies would literally fall apart. Everything would literally just split, you know, and, and go in every direction. So by Him all things consist. If it wasn't for Him, there would be nothing else. And so the Bible says that a fool has said in his heart, there is no God. All the way down to the cellular level, God uh, shows Himself. Things visible and things invisible. All the way down to the things that you cannot even see. All the way down to the very cells in your body and the cells and everything else. He shows Himself and He shows His power. He shows His glory. He shows all these things about Himself. You know, I think whenever, you know, we have a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of times you're intellectuals, you have the hardest time with some of those folks uh, who are scientists and these kinds of things that have been taught evolution uh, all throughout their high school and all throughout their, their college careers and sometimes it's harder to reach these folks uh, because, of, because, of their, 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 because of their intellect. But you know, it's amazing to me that even God down at this very small level right here, how he tries to appeal and make his claim uh, to his power and his Godhead and his authority all the way down to the things that are invisible that nobody else sees that these folks probably study on an everyday basis. And so, you know, that's, it's, it's amazing uh, these things that God does and the, the lengths that he goes to make himself known. Yes, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Lots of folks, uh, and let's look at the, uh, the second thing is, the Bible says the second fool is the arrogant. Uh, the first fool, uh, the first fool is the atheist, the second fool is the arrogant. Let's look at Proverbs chapter 14, verse 9. Proverbs chapter 14, uh, verse 9. Proverbs 14, verse 9. And the Bible says, Fools make a mock at sin, but among the righteous there is favor. 
And so the Bible says that the second fool is an arrogant man. He says, fools mock at sin. What does it mean when you mock at something? Well, that means you make fun of. That means you scorn or you speak arrogantly about. You're making fun of these things. And the Bible says, you want to know who the second fool is? The first fool isn't just the atheist, but the second fool is the man that mocks at sin or makes, a, makes fun of sin or, or uh, speaks arrogantly about sin. You know, lots of folks... Uh, mock at sin every day. You know, we mock at sin every day sometimes. You know, make fun of sin, uh, speak arrogantly, arrogantly about sin. You know, and, and, and sometimes, you know, even us as Christians, but the world could care less about sin. And the world mocks at sin. And the things that God has said, thou shalt not do. And, and all these things, you know, from the Ten Commandments on, everything else that He has given uh, and His instruction, uh, the Bible says that fools mock at sin. So people stand there and they look at what God considers sin and they look at that and they laugh about it and they scorn it and then make fun of it and that's what this world does and the Bible says look if that's what you do and that's how you're living your life then you are a fool then you're a fool then you're being foolish for doing that for mocking that sin for being somebody like that who would mock at sin for mocking and making fun of the things that I have said that we shouldn't do or things that, we, that I have said are wrong he said a foolish man is the person that will do that a foolish man's a person that will do that. And a lot of people, you know, we just have the idea and we'll sin now and repent later. You know, and that's a lot of, a lot of people's views. But it says that the, the, the arrogant man, the foolish man, is a man that mocks at sin. You know, I found it interesting that the Corinthians, uh, in 1 Corinthians 6, in 1 Corinthians 6, 13, 6, 13 they, had a, um, they had a saying that they would say, and it was called, meats for the belly and the belly for the meats. And you say, what in the world does that mean? Well, what that means is, is what, what, see, they didn't believe, they didn't believe that, they believe you can do anything uh, 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 that your morality didn't affect your spirituality. That's what they believe. Your, your morality had no effect whatsoever on your spirituality. And so the, the uh, meats for the belly and belly for the meats is what it was in essence. Just feed the body what it wants. Give your body what it wants and, just, uh, and, and, it, and everything will be okay. It was just satisfy yourself and don't worry about anything. You know, Just feed your body and feed yourself anything you want and everything else will be fine because your, your morality has no effect on your spirituality whatsoever. And that was their belief and that was their understanding on this. But the Bible says that's a foolish way. That's a fool's man. That's a foolish man's way. And see, he says not to do things like that uh, because the fool mocks at sin. The fool mocks at sin. The Bible went on to say in Titus 3.3, he said this. He said that how we lived our lives before, before we were saved, he says, we, for we ourselves were also sometimes foolish disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy and hateful and hurting and harming one another. And the Bible says that those are things that describe a foolish man. Those are things that describe a foolish man's ways. And so it says, look, living this way and having this kind of attitude and, being, and having this way of living is a foolish way of living. When we're willfully ignorant about our sin, we must understand that the Bible also has some things to say uh, whenever we willfully uh, uh, choose to live in this kind of way and willfully choose to have this kind of behavior, God said this in Proverbs 26.3. This will be something good for all of us to write down anytime we have a, we feel a notion to start acting these, in this kind of way. Proverbs 26.3, the Bible says, A whip for the horse, a bridle for the ass, and a rod for the fool's back. And a rod for the fool's back. And so in other words, he's saying you act foolish and you'll be judged. You act foolish and you'll be punished. Uh, Proverbs 26 uh, verse 3. And so these are things we have to think about, you know, uh, uh, as we partake and do these things. The third fool this morning is the accumulator. 
The accumulator. First we had the atheist, then we have the arrogant, and the third thing, the third fool we're going to see this morning is the accumulator. Look at Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12. And we'll look at verses 13 to 21. Look what the Bible says about this man. Luke chapter 12, verses 13 to 21. The Bible says, And one of the company said unto him, Master, speak to my brother that he divide the inheritance with me. And he said unto him, Man, who made me a judge or a divider over you? And he said unto them, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for a man's life consists not in the abundance of the things which he possesses. And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain man, uh, a certain rich man, brought forth plentiful. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns, and I will build greater, and there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And he said, I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat and drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose things shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasures for himself and is not rich towards God. And so the third fool we see is the, the accumulator. All of us in life, we like to have things. You know, all of us to a degree are materialistic in, in a certain way. You know, we like to have things. And there's not a problem with that until our possessions possess us. There's not a problem with having things. Nothing wrong with that. But when our possessions take, when our possessions possess us, it takes it to a different level. It goes, that's, goes, that goes to the extreme. And when our things, the things that we own begin to own us, what we do is we open up the altar of idolatry. We open up the altar of idolatry and we put the things that we have in our materialistic possessions before God. And when that happens is, when we do that is we open up, as I said, the altar of idolatry and we put their th the things of this world and the things that we care about and the riches of, of this world before we put God. And when we do that, we become an idolater. And the Bible says that if you're living this kind of way and you're doing these things, you are doing something Foolish, you're a foolish man or a foolish woman for doing that. And when we open up the altar of idolatry, what always comes in after that? When we think about the those that worship false gods in the Old Testament, what are some things that always accompanied those things? Moral decay. Moral decay. Anytime, uh, anytime a person goes in, uh, uh, anytime a person goes into idolatry, what what tends to follow that is moral decay. Because see, you can't stay away from God for so long before your morals and your beliefs and your practices start going corrupt. And so, anytime we put our, we, we we get ourselves into idolatry and we start putting all these things before God, what we do is we lead ourselves into a moral decay, and we slowly and slowly, uh, slowly and slowly rot spiritually speaking uh, because we've gotten away from God. And so, we need to make sure that we are not like this man. The Bible calls him a a foolish man because he put all these things before heaven. He put all these things before God uh, and, and went into idolatry with that. No, but I'll tell you what, many folks will risk their wives, they'll risk their children, they'll have everything they got just to have a little bit more. You know that? You know the people just, just so they can have a little bit more, just so they can be maybe above the next person, just so they can uh, have a little bit more in this family, or a little bit more in this man, or a little bit more in that woman, or whatever, just so they can be maybe a little bit more upstanding in society, they'll risk everything they got. They'll risk their children, they'll risk their wives, they'll risk their husbands, they'll risk, they'll risk everything they got just so they can lift themselves up above everybody else. 
And when you finally get there, you know what happens? They finally get there and they figure out it ain't nothing like they wanted. It ain't nothing like they, they wished that it was. You know, nothing like they, they dreamed and hoped for. And yet they done destroyed everything else just to get there. They burn all the bridges just to get to that point. And so look, the Bible says, look, don't do that. This is a foolish thing to do these kinds of things. And he went on to say in verse 16, he showed us here that the ground brought this man's wealth. Well, evidently this man had been really blessed. He had been greatly blessed is what the Bible says. The Bible says that his wealth had came from the ground, that it provided plentiful for him. You know, and so he was really blessed by that. You know, there's a saying that money changes people. You know that? There's a saying that money changes people. You believe that? That's exactly right. Money does change people. Money has an effect on people. Uh, it does, and it and affects some more than others. Some just a little, some maybe not hardly at all. But to some people, it affects to a, a great deal. Why? Because I believe a lot of it rests in just the love of money. Because ain't that what the Bible says? That the root of all evil is the love of money? Is the love of money? So if you're the kind of person that you can, you can give ritually and it, doesn't, and it doesn't bother you, then you're, you're in pretty good standing. But I tell you what, if you're the kind of person that, uh, that really likes to hoard money, because there's a difference in hoarding and saving. You believe that? That's exactly right. There's a difference between hoarding and saving. Oftentimes we hoard so much money, what it becomes, it becomes our golden calf. It becomes our, and what we do is, is we, as we uh, go into, we put our money before God and that, and that money or whatever that is becomes our idol. And so we rely on that and these things that we've stored up in our barns to take care of us instead of allowing God to take care of us. And so we got to make sure that we don't let our, the things that we have, whatever money we have, whatever possessions we have, we got to make sure that we don't let those things become our golden calves, become our idols because that will lead us into idolatry. And then once we get into idolatry, moral decay soon follows after that. And so the Bible says, look, make sure you don't do these things. But see, this, this man's wealth came from the ground. You know, whose ground is that? Whose ground is that? You know, I often heard a man say, I heard somebody say this, maybe you've heard it before. The atheist looked at God and he said, God, we don't need you more. We can create man out of dirt now. And he said, really? He said, yeah, sure. He gets it. All right, well, show me. So he reached down, picked up dirt, and he said, no, get you on dirt. No, get you on dirt. You said you can do all this. Well, get you on dirt. You, you, you know, you, I'll tell you what, we can make a lot of advancements in society. And, we can, and science is a great thing. But I tell you what, when we go to the extremes and we start showing, hey, we don't need God no more, uh, we, we are sadly mistaken. We're sadly mistaken. And so God says, look, don't, don't do this. But see, this man's wealth came from the ground. It all belonged to God. And God gave it to him. And God provided that to him for whatever reason. The Bible says that he is the maker of the rich and the poor. And so he is the one that gave it to them. So we don't need to forget where it is that it all came from. Don't forget where it came from. Because if you do, as, as Job said, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. And He'll take it away just as fast as He gave it to you. So you better remember where it is that God gave it to you. That God gave it. The Bible says He got it from the ground. Got out of the ground. Uh, one thing this rich man forgot, as I said, is where, this, uh, is where his wealth came from. Then look at verses 17 and 18. As we examine verses 17 and 18, actually, you can probably go on down to verse 21, but I want you to notice some things as we look at this. Look, because see, a lot of times, see, when, when we get in this way, when we, when, when we, when we, put, when we get into idolatry and we, and we start thinking about our, uh, and we put our money and our wealth and our, and our material things before God, this is what happens. You become a person that thinks nothing but about you. You become a person that thinks nothing about you. And so one safe way to know that, you're not, that you haven't gone in that way in, in the form of adultery is it's not all about you. It's not all about you. But sometimes people get so far out there that their wealth and everything they have, it's all about them. As I said, they'll sacrifice everything they got just so they can have just a little bit more. I mean, what did this man do? He had barns, didn't he? Yeah, he had barns. He had stuff all in there. But you know what he did? He looked around and he said, you know, what am I going to do with all this? He said, I ain't got nowhere to put it. So I'm going to tear those old barns down. So I'm going to build some new ones. Yeah, I'm going to build some new ones. So I'm going to build new barns, big barns to, put, to hoard all my stuff in. 
And they tore down everything else. And that's exactly what happens. And a lot of times we tear down everything else just so we can have just a little bit more. Tear everything else down. There's no good and, no, and there's no, nothing wrong with it. No problem with it. Just so we can have somewhere else to hoard everything else that we want and everything else that we got. But I want you to know something, verse 17 and 18. Look at this. I'm getting a little excited. Verse 17 and 18. Hey, look at this. He says, now, now look, I want you to see how self-centered this man was. As we go on down through the Bible, look, verse 17. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? What shall I do? Behold, I have no room to bestow my fruits. And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul. Then we go down to verse 20. He says, But, but God said unto him, Thou fool this night, thy soul shall be required of thee. And I believe that's it. But so what I want you to see is you see all the eyes and the me's and the minds and the, and all that kind of thing. This man was a man that was all about him. He was all about him. Nobody else mattered. It was all about me. All about me. And so he was living uh, an idolatrous life. Man, put things before God. And then he goes on down to verse 21 and he just sums it all up. And he says, so, in verse 20 he actually says, what's happened is, is you've built all this, you've hoarded up all this mess, and then what's going to happen? You know what? You're going to die. You're going to die. He said, you're a fool for doing that. You've hoarded all this and, and now you've got all this and, and, when, and the day that you die, who's all this, what's all, where's all this going to go? Where's it going to belong to? You know what's going to happen? And that's the sad thing. You've probably heard me say it before, but this is what happens. You know, and, and I'm not trying to be morbid, but I'm just saying, look, we save up for years, we get this, we get this, and you know what happens when you die? When you die, they have an auction and they sell your stuff to the highest bidder and it's gone. And it's gone. And that's just what happens. That's the way it is. And so the God says, look, don't live this way. Man, don't have, don't be so full of stuff. It's, it's, it's good to save. That's a biblical principle to save. But man, don't be, don't be a fool and hoard everything you got. Because all this, who's it going to belong to? Where's it going to go? What cause are you helping? What, what, what good are you really doing having these big barns full of all this, all this stuff if you're not doing anything with it? And so don't let your wealth and your materialism and, and, your, and all these things become an idol for you because it'll lead you into moral decay. And what this man was doing is he, was, he, was, he had all this wealth. The man, he thought he was something. I'll tell you, he was, he was rich on earth, but he was poor in heaven. Rich on earth, but poor in heaven. That's what he said uh, in verse 21. That's what he said in verse 21. He said, look, so is he that layeth up treasures for himself and is not rich toward God. And so he's saying, look, it's a foolish thing to be rich on earth and poor in heaven. That's a foolish thing. He says, so don't live that way. Don't do those kinds of things. Man, just uh, keep your eyes straight. You know, have, keep your focus, man. Uh, uh, and, and don't do those kinds of things. And don't be foolish. Don't be a fool like this man was. And oftentimes... Uh, you know, folks that are that are caught up in this, you know, that as I said, they can never really have enough. Never, this man could never really have enough. Uh, you know, the Bible says Ecclesiastes five verse ten eleven. He said, "He that loveth silver shall not be satisfied with silver. He that loves it will never be satisfied with it." In other words, you got money, but the money, or you got materialism, or you got all these things, but it's never enough. You always have to continually go out and get more and get more and get more because the soul, because the soul that loveth silver is never satisfied, never satisfied. Now let's look at the fourth fool. The fourth fool, the Bible says, is going to be anybody. The fourth fool is going to be anybody. And so what we see here is that we have the, we have the atheist, we have the arrogant, we have the accumulator, and now the fourth fool is going to be anybody. Anybody. And you say, well, what is that? Well, let's look at Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. 
verses 24 to 26. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 to 26. The Bible says, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will make unto him like a wise man, which built us house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And every one that heareth these things of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And so the fourth fool is anybody that isn't willing to do what verse 26 says. Then is, is, is anybody that isn't willing to do what verse 26 says. And what does verse 26 say? What is the plea from God in, in verse 26? The plea from him is he's saying, look, if you, if you, don't, if you hear these sayings of mine and you don't do them, you'll be like a foolish man. You'd be like a foolish man. It kind of goes along with the Bible says, don't just be a, a hearer of the Word, but be a doer of the Word. Don't just be hearers only, but be a doer of the Word. You know, what, what good would it tell me, what, what good would it, would, it, would it do to profit us if, let's say, uh, let's say you're at work and your boss man told you to go do something. And, uh, and after he got done telling you to do something, you just stood there. You know, what good, what, what good would it have done him to tell you to go do something and get that done if you ain't going to do nothing about it? You see what I'm saying? And that, and that works in every, in, in every aspect of our life. What good does it do if we read the Bible and see what God says, but yet we don't apply it? And so he's just saying, look, a foolish man is a man that when he lives his life, man, he hears what I'm saying, he hears the Word, he reads the Bible, or, or he, he, he understands it, he knows what's going on, but the foolish man lives his life when he, he hears all this, he understands all this, but yet he goes out and he doesn't live his life according to what I've said. He said, you know what happens? He said, you're going to do that and you're going to be like that foolish man that built his house on the sand. Built his house on the sand. You know what the sand stood for? The sand stood for the the philosophy and the doctrines and the, and the beliefs and the practices of this world. He said, you build your life out of the doctrine and the beliefs and the practices and the philosophy of this world and it'll be like you're building your house on the sand that'll shift and when the rains come, it'll fall down. He said, that's, what you, that's what's going to happen to you and he said, that's what's going to happen to your life. He said, so don't be like that foolish man that does that. He said, man, take what I'm saying. Take the Word of God. Look at it. Read it. Uh, meditate on it. Man, get in the Word of God about it. And he said, and then apply that, what you've learned to your life. He said, whenever you do that, he said, you'll be the kind of person you built your house upon a rock and when all these things come into your life your house didn't fall down your house didn't fall down and so does that make sense does that make sense and so yeah and so the Bible says look don't be a foolish man like that don't just hear what I'm saying and not do it don't just hear these things uh, and not do what I'm saying and, and you know and I know that sometimes all of us we're the, we're the, we're the part of the anybody we're the part of the anybody. You know, we, we understand what God says. We heard what God says. But yet, because of our own desires and our own will, we, we, we reject it and we kind of walk away from it. And a lot of times what ends up happening is, is our life falls apart or our house comes falling down or something, you know, all these kinds of things because we didn't uh, apply what his, his word to our life. And so God's just saying, look, don't have this kind of life. Don't live this kind of way because it's a foolish thing to do. It's a foolish thing to do. Uh, we might get through this after all. All right, now let's look at Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25. The fifth fool, and we'll close with this, the fifth fool is the abandoned. The abandoned. In Matthew chapter 25, verses 1 to 10, what we see here is the Lord Jesus given a parable of the ten virgins. He's given a parable of the ten virgins. And what this whole parable is speaking about is it's speaking about the return of the Lord. It's speaking about the return of the Lord for His people. And as we look down through here, I believe we've got a little bit of time. Let's just go at verses 1 to 10. The Bible says, as He's talking about this, as likening them as 
as, as I said in speaking of his return, he says, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise, and five were foolish. And they that were foolish took their lamps, and they didn't take no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. And while the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go you out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. And they that were ready went in with him to the marriage. And the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for you know not what... For you know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. And so the fifth fool is the abandoned. The fifth fool is the abandoned. So what's God saying here? Well, God's saying here it's a foolish thing for you to be hearing what I'm saying and understanding the Word of God and knowing, that, knowing what I've done and hearing the Bible being preached. It's a foolish thing to not be ready whenever I come. It's a foolish thing not to have the Lord Jesus in your heart whenever I come. Because when the rapture takes place, it'll be too late. If you've had a full presentation of the gospel and you've understood the gospel and you know what it is that God is that God that the Lord Jesus has done for you and you willingly walk and turn away from that, the Bible says that's a foolish thing. And what's going to happen is that you will be left behind. You will be left behind, and whenever you decide and whenever you look up and you say, uh, Lord, Lord, he's going to say, I don't know you. I don't know you. Who who are you? What is that? It's a foolish thing to be left behind. And so the fifth fool is the abandoned. The fifth fool is the abandoned. Five were ready and five were not. And so God is saying, look, don't be a fool. Be ready whenever I come. Don't be a fool and be ready whenever I come. The Bible says that these ten virgins, they all had a lamp. And five took oil in their lamps and five didn't. Well, the Bible uses oil as a symbol of the Holy Spirit. It uses oil as a symbol of the Holy Spirit. It uses water as a symbol of the Holy Spirit. It uses wind as a symbol of the Holy Spirit. Five of them were ready. Five of them were not. And the Bible says they all slept at midnight, and at midnight uh, the call came, and they said, go out and meet them. Mm. And so my plea to you is, as we've looked at these five fools, I really want you to look at this last one. Not saying that it's any more, I guess, maybe important than the others, but, but I will tell you this. You don't want to be left here. You don't want to be left here. When the Lord Jesus comes back and the rapture takes place, you don't want to be the one that's sitting in that pew this morning when everybody else is gone. You don't want to be the one sitting at your house and you go to call your mom or you go to call your dad or your, or your husband and wife or your brother and sister or your kids or whoever and find out that they're gone and you're, not, and you're the only one that's left. How sad and miserable that's going to be for you. God said to be abandoned and left here is a foolish thing because He has made every way possible from the visible to the invisible for you to see and know Him personally. And so whatever you do this morning, 
Don't allow yourself to be left here. Don't allow yourself to be abandoned. Don't allow yourself to be left here this morning. Because the Bible says that is a foolish thing. A foolish thing. God loves you. And He sent the Lord Jesus to die for you. And if you don't believe that, if you don't believe that, the Bible says you're a fool for not. So I encourage you today, I encourage you today as we close service to think about the Lord Jesus Christ. Think about the things that He said this morning. Think about the foolish ways of living. Think about the, the things that He says what a fool is and how living a foolish life is described. Thank you, every head bowed and every eye closed.